Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Dell Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. My friends, I'm freshly back from the uh, expo, and I have to tell you, uh, number one, I want to thank you all for being there. You had created a dream come true for me, over 4,000 people, up from about 1,000, uh, 3,000 last year, so up about 1,000. And uh, we went from 100 uh, leading, 140 lead investors to 280 lead investors up on stage. Uh, had a whole new group of uh, super women, and had a whole new group of passive uh, panel people. It's, it's just unbelievable how much lifestyles has grown. Um, what really gets me when you know you go to something like this is just the pure number of people that have retired, have changed their lives. People coming up to me and saying, thank you. You know, you helped me change my life. And, you know, it's really fulfilling. And I just want to get across to you that the secret sauce to lifestyles is the fact that people come here, they become successful in a rather short period of time in most cases, and then they give back. And the give back is the secret sauce. It's what makes a difference. People pick it up right away when they come in. They see and feel the difference, and they realize it's real as opposed to just, uh, you know, sales pitch type of situation. When they see these people just like themselves who have retired in two to five years, it gives them the inspiration to try to do the same thing. Now, you notice I said inspiration and not motivation. I don't believe a lot in motivation, although you do get up and motivate yourselves for specific tasks here and there. Sometimes I motivate myself to go work out. But really, what keeps you going in the long run is inspiration. Motivation is like something that grabs you right now and throws you against the wall and says, go do something stupid. Inspiration is that long-term view, that, that desire for something better, something greater than what you are right now. And it really is about being more yourself. Money's easy if you're good. Relationships are easy if you're good. These things all come out of your inspiration for life. What drives you? If you're driven by bad things, then you're going to have a bad life. If you're driven by good things, you're going to have a good life. People ask me what the secret to lifestyles was, and I said it's integrity. It's the fact that what we say is what we really give. It's that we promise that people will give back, and they give back. And it's the ability to make people feel comfortable enough to open up their personal financial information, their business model, and share it with other people. So Lifestyles uh, is a great, great benefit to people that would never get this information anywhere else because this isn't just like teaching a class, although the classes and the online education is incredible. It's the interaction with other people to make it as strong as it possibly could be. Now, today, I'm going to go into a little bit of market conditions for the Houston area to start with. And I want you to understand that I don't think the Houston area market is the generally the most important market we are in. But what it is, it's something I'm going to show you that just a couple of years ago, people thought that real estate was going to die in Houston. 
because, you know, we had massive exodus of jobs. Uh, about 7,000 jobs went away in 2016. And the oil prices at the very same time dropped from $150, $140 a barrel to $40 a barrel. And it looked like it was going to be the end of the world. But yet real estate never even faltered. Didn't go down in value. Didn't stop renting. Occupancy's got a little softer because people were moving out of the city. But we still made money, still had profit. And that's the resiliency of real estate. The kind of real estate that you've heard that people lose their money on in recession is called speculative real estate, where you're buying and hoping it goes up in value, and it doesn't. And you're speculating. But we're not speculating. We're buying income-producing assets. And very important to understand that, that these things produce income. Yes, the value may go up and down, although I haven't seen it go down since 2008. And maybe that's not a good thing. Maybe it is a good thing. But I've not seen it go down since 2008. But the reality is, even when it went down in 2007, 8, when we had the crash, 9, when it was down, our income was still there. We didn't lose our income. Our income stayed. It's just the total asset value changed slightly. And if you understand that, then you'll understand that what I'm doing today is just sharing with you momentary results about a market a market. There are hundreds of markets across the country, and I just don't have the time to go through all the markets. I just happen to get all the information on the Houston market uh, because I live in it. But you can get all the information in your markets by following uh, all the different data sources that we put out there. J.B. Data Durham brings them to us every time he comes on the radio. He shares them with you, uh, shows you how to get to them. You also have your local, you know, news You've got your local apartment association you can get this data from, and you can get your local brokers, commercial brokers, to give you this data. So you want to hook up with that network of people to get your hands on this kind of data. Uh, ALN is one of them, big data service. Uh, Marks and Millchaps is another one of our favorites. they got a lot of data service uh, with their brokerage firm. Uh, the apartment association is always a great one to get information from. So you want to get a hold of these people, become a part of what's going on, and get out there. Well, here's this first one here that I want to bring up is Houston's rosier than expected job market in 2017 has positioned the local real estate market to gain strength across the board. Houston-based real estate valuation firm Deal Spikes and Associates said in a report, the Houston region added 62,900 jobs last year. The Texas Workforce Commission reported in its revised annual data. That's a 37% jump over the initial estimate of 46,000 jobs. So it's a 37% jump over the initial estimate, not over what happened. It's really, uh, you know, a 62,000% gain uh, from 2016. Uh, it goes on down here and explains that um, Houston revised 2017 job growth evaluation to 2.1% shows a rebound from the bottom of the downturn in October 16th when 7,300 jobs were lost year over year, according to the Greater Houston Partnership. So here we go. 2016, the bottom falls out. Oil jobs go away. 2016, suspected oil, uh, average oil prices were between $40 and $50 a barrel. 2017, they were between $50 and $60 a barrel. And the estimate for 2018 is going to be between $60 and $70 a barrel. So the economy is robust. In 2016, 
tons of real estate projects were coming on board. Massive amounts of new construction that needed to be absorbed, but nobody to absorb it. And still the market survived. 2017, we started absorbing that product, uh, although the construction went down because nothing, there was too much that came to market. Now, of course, the pendulum swings the other direction, and they stop building, and less comes to market, and more and more jobs come in, and boom, we start to absorb these properties, absorb this, uh, these properties become absorbed, they, they absorb more people, um, filling themselves up, creating lower and lower vacancy rates, higher and higher occupancy rates. And in 2018 now, it just continues on, more and more. Uh, employment coming in, uh, although there is more construction, it's not high, nowhere near what it was back when they were overbuilding. So this is just screaming. If you can hear it, it's just screaming that real estate values are going to go up. Now, I've got three or four other articles here that are going to be clarifying certain aspects and details of this, but you just have to look at the big macro picture for this market. The macro picture is screaming real estate values are going up. Rents are going up. Occupancies are going up. Everything's happening positive. Now, if they weren't, I'd still be buying real estate. When they weren't, I was still buying real estate. And now that they are, I'm still buying real estate. I know people who get afraid of getting into the market when the market's down, and others who love to get in when the market's down. And I know people who like to get in the market when the market's going up, and others who are afraid when the market's going up that there's a balloon at the other end. The reality is, folks, what we're doing here has nothing to do with either end of the market. It has to do with owning a business. And as you notice, almost every business in this country continues to survive right through every recession. We'll be right back with the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will be right back with more life-changing principles in just a few minutes. Lifestyles Unlimited is the real estate investor education and mentoring group that has been taking people by the hand and teaching them how to invest in real estate for over 25 years. Our students have been so successful at creating wealth and passive income that they've won local, state, and national investor of the year awards 10 of the last 10 years. It's easy to see why Think Realty Magazine named us the best in the U.S. If you're ready to add real estate to your portfolio, go to lifestylesunlimitedpodcast.com to access our free live training event schedule. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Our number here is 877-711-5211. If you'd like to call and ask a question, it's going to be a good show for callers to call in. Uh, we're just going through data. And again, I want you to understand that I'm not a giant uh, believer in data. I don't get all excited about data because... When the market's going down, I'm excited to buy. When the market's going up, I'm excited to buy. When the market's going sideways, I'm excited to own uh, and buy. It doesn't really matter because we're buying businesses that produce income. And that income is going to occur and reoccur for the rest of our lives. I'm not worried about the capital gains. We change the value of apartments by going in there and increasing 
what they do. Now, single families, um, single families have gone up every year since the beginning of Earth. I mean, there's nowhere to go. Think about this with single families for just a second. Right now, you can't build a single family, a cheap single family. There's no low-cost single families. The cost of building a house, I was told that somewhere around 46% of the total cost of a house is, le- is regulations, things that are required to build a house. So whereas you could have bo- built inexpensive starter homes before, you can't build them. So nowadays, the median price for a home, you know, is $330,000. When you look out at these older homes that were built 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago, they're selling for $100,000 plus for stuff that we bought for 10, 20, $30,000 many years ago. Um, most houses, you know, that we buy for investments cost between 150, uh, between 80 and $150,000. The $80,000 being the price before we fix it up, the $50,000 price being what it's worth after we fix it up. So single family houses for us are booming. The beautiful thing is, is that the average person can't go buy a single family house. The ones that come on the market that are low end, the investors buy up, and we turn them into rentals. So a new home buyer can't get into one of these homes. There's just none of them being built. They're not building low-end homes. So again, we are forcing people to be tenants, along with the fact that people have been afraid of housing ever since 2008-9 when the market crashed and all the people that had paid too much for the houses lost them, when people lost their jobs and couldn't make their payments. So you have a complete change, along with the, the millennials now not really caring about where they live. I mean, they, they live out of their phone. Give them a box and a phone and they're okay. Give them a mansion and no phone, they'd go crazy in five seconds. They live on the phone. And so everything's changing for the better for the real estate investor. You just have to see that. Now, the next report we have here is Hurricane Harvey's still Boeing Houston multifamily market occupancy. Uh, talking about here, um, there, there's every reason to believe that Every Harvey renter moving out, there's someone moving into Houston. Uh, that there's someone in Houston's moving in, according to the the job growth. Well, it's not even true. The people that moved out didn't move away from Houston. They moved out of the property they were in. They got flooded. They went somewhere else in Houston to stay. And when that property is renovated, brought back on earth, it filled back up. It filled back up with those people coming back, new people coming in. But the occupancy overall is going up. Occupancy increased by 1.1% with only 11 of the 42 submarkets, 11 of the 42 submarkets posting a decline. Class B properties continue to record, by the way, those are the 11 submarkets where they got flooded. Class B properties continue to record the highest occupancy among class groups, averaging 91.8% occupancy. Class C is 89.8, and Class D is 87%. Class A is at 86 now. A Class A oxygen has increased dramatically from the end of 2016 when it was 78%. So you see, the occupancies are going up. But the interesting part is, like I was talking about those older properties, those Class C and B properties, uh, you can't build those anymore. You can't build a Class C or B property or a D. Now, most people want to live in a C or a B. They don't want to live in a D, so D has a little bit lower occupancy. But that affordable housing is what the D property is all about. Class C and B about people that are cost-effective 
buyers. They, they're cost-sensitive buyers, so you got people living in Class C's because they're blue-collar workers. That's all they can afford. And you got people living in Class B's because they want to live in a very nice property but not pay the Class A rental rates, which are very, very, very high. Uh, we go on to absorption in Houston, and we see the absorption has increased dramatically. Let's see if we got an actual number on here. Last year's absorption of 17,491 units was Houston's highest in a decade. <clears throat> highest absorption in a decade. That's pretty, pretty strong, right? Rental rates. Asking rates have ticked up by 1.5% to 1,014 per unit. With the sudden demand created by the impact of Harvey, 37 of the 42 submarkets reported increase in rent. Submarkets with the highest rental rate growth quarter over quarter were Energy Corridor, Inwood, and the Woodlands. Concessions are improving, with 31% of the market reporting con concessions down by 10%. So um, many concessions went away completely last year after Harvey, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, it's just, again, all this data, all this detail, all these economic conditions, that's all fine and dandy. That's stuff that guys like Data Durham just get excited about. They love to, you know, dictate where the market's going. And probably for big companies, it dictates where they'll build next. They watch market conditions, see where they're going to build, because they've got to think about what the market's going to be in the future. But for us buying these Class C and B properties, this stuff is solid. It's not going anywhere. They can't build competition in for us. We are our own competition. We own that market. And there's no way they're going to be able to take that market away from us. We control it, and we dominate it. So as we see occupancies going up, rental rates going up, you know, it's just looking better and better all the time. But what if it wasn't? What if it wasn't looking better? What if your sub-market isn't looking better? Um, I'm still buying. And I'm still buying because I can't meet the returns that we make from these deals anywhere else. Now, let's take that one step further, and that is, what's the difference between taxable income and non-taxable income? Wow. When done correctly, real estate income is tax-free. So no matter what, let's first of all talk about compared to earned income. You've got about a 40% tax basis for your earned income between Social Security, Medicare, 401k, insurance, state taxes, you're paying about 40% average. Now, you take that away, you can live, whatever your take-home pay, which is 60% of that, you can make that up very easily in real estate because you don't pay any of those taxes, right? Secondly, if you're looking for other passive investments to do the same thing with, they have to be 40% better rate of return than real estate because they do pay those taxes. So there you go, you're stuck with it again. How do you get out of that situation? By waking up, opening your eyes up, and realizing real estate is the highest rate of return investment out there when you net it, net of taxes. We're going to take a short break here. Before we do, I'm going to give you a phone number to call. Our number here is 877-711-5211. This is a good day to call in because we're just doing data. and You know, human interaction to me is more fun than, than data. So if someone want to call and ask a question, I'd be open to it. Our lines would be open during the break. That's 877-711-5211. Go ahead and call in. We'll get you in on the next segment. We'll be right back with the Dell Wamsley Radio Show.
listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will be right back with more life-changing principles in just a few minutes. Get total freedom in your life, safely and quickly. Build wealth and passive income so you never worry about working until you drop, losing your job, or retiring in poverty. Over 25 years ago, Dell Walmsley founded Lifestyles Unlimited. Dell has taught over 100,000 people, just like me and you, the principles of financial freedom through his national radio shows and personal one-on-one mentoring at Lifestyles Unlimited. I'm excited to tell you about the real estate workshop that has changed so many lives. This workshop takes you inside what we do and what we believe. We'll share with you the five ways we make money in real estate and much more. Just like your personal trainer, the Lifestyles Unlimited team will motivate, encourage, and teach you so you can get in the best financial shape of your life. Call 866-971-8970 or go to lifestylesunlimitedpodcast.com. That's lifestylesunlimitedpodcast.com to register for the workshop that will change your life. That's lifestylesunlimitedpodcast.com. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today, we're discussing market conditions and how they're changing. Uh, we've been doing some work on the Houston area. We go more national broad right now. By the way, again, if you want to call in and ask questions, our number here is 877-711-5211. Phone lines are open right now. We're just doing data and comments, so you're not interrupting any long stories. Um, the next article talks about builder confidence is being is still high despite another drop in what they call the house market index, housing market index. Um, builders continue to voice concerns over rising material prices and lots of shortages, but demand for homes remains solid. So let's take a look at this thing. This is really, I think, the secret to why rental properties are going up, the rates at rent, rental rates are going up, is that you're seeing a situation where Builders can't build cheap homes anymore. The lots are getting more expensive, right? That's the base cost. Then the construction costs, the materials costs are going up. Think about all these hurricanes and how much it wiped out all the materials all over the country trying to rebuild from all these kinds of things. Material costs are going up. Um, believe it or not, labor shortages. You say, come on, labor shortages? I thought this, this country was needed labor. No. This, the problem is that the people out there in this country that are on welfare, they don't have any skill sets. They can't do anything. And so although they're out there with no jobs, although it's only 4.1%, the lowest it's been in you know dozens of years, um, the point is that there's no lab- skilled laborers out there. And they're not replacing the skilled laborers. So the electricians, the plumbers, the masons, the uh, framers, right, the roofers, these, these guys, don't, they can't find labor to get the work done. So builders are having, and if they do, it costs more to get them. They're competing for them. That's where inflation really occurs. Inflation occurs when wages go up. You can let commodities go up and down. Oil can go up and oil can go down. It's not really inflation because it's supply and demand, supply and demand driven. So if tomorrow, you know, oil goes up, if you don't want to buy oil, you cut back on how much you drive. You drive less. Um, you waste less. You buy an engine that gets better gas mileage. Um, food. You eat less. You eat cheaper. You don't eat out as often. Uh, you eat less expensive stuff to eat. You can you can fight all those. 
But when you're an employer and you can't get employees unless you pay more, that's rock-hard inflation. And that inflation means you have to charge more for the product to be able to pay for the employees. And so the product prices go up, and that makes it more uh, more difficult for people to buy things, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You're just stuck with inflation. So as we look at the fact that builders are finding a more and more difficult time to build you know, houses, period, then back to the fact that the statement I made that builders can't build inexpensive homes, all this left is building big, giant mansions. We call it the McMansion era, to where you have to buy an expensive home or you can't buy a home. So what do you do? You rent. And so you continue to drive the rental rates up for those of us who own these assets. Now think about it, what this does to our economy, what it does to our society. Over a period of time, there'll be the haves and the have-nots. Those of us who own real estate, own assets, those assets will continue to go up in value. Those of us who don't own assets will have no inflation of asset value, no appreciation, no capital gains, and our wages will suffer to inflation. And so this is a big, scary thing for the government because inflation, and we're starting to get into that point where the economy is so good, labor rates are so high, unemployment is so low that the government's starting to fear inflation again. And if you haven't lived through a runaway inflation period, then you haven't lived through anything because inflation is way scarier than deflation. It's way scarier than recessions. Uh, when stuff starts getting more expensive every day, it just it's insane. And so I went and looked up what the Fed had to say about inflation, what it's thinking it's going to do about inflation. And I got a little blurb here. Again, if you want to call, it's 877-711-5211. But it's a little research thing. for It says, Fed raises benchmark interest rate, plots path for additional increases. The Federal Reserve increased the federal rate by 25 basis points, lifting the overnight lending rate to 1.5%, while the Fed noted that the inflation outlook moderated in recent months and an upgraded economic forecast factors in recent tax cuts and a rollback in regulation strengthened growth projections for the next two years. As a result, the Fed has guided toward two additional uh, rate hikes this year, additional rate hikes this year, and while setting the stage for as many as four increases in 2019. Wow. That's pretty heavy. Pretty heavy. Right? Four more raises in 2019. Now, that's the headwinds. That's what we're, we're flying into. But realize, those inflation, those interest rates are going to slow down inflation. So that the dollar you're earning right now will stay a dollar. It won't become 50 cents. And that's important as we go into the outlook into the future here. Is your money worth anything? But when you really look at it, there's been some major changes lately. I was looking at my paycheck the other day. I got my first, second, third paycheck for the year from Lifestyles. And I pay myself a salary to do seminars. So I have profit from my businesses. And that's, you know, those are distributions uh, capital gains in some cases, some of it's uh, just, uh, what do you call it? Uh, oh, I can't think of the name of it right now, but it's it's not earned income. It's a, it's a type of uh, passive income. And then, you know, my real estate, I pay very little if no taxes on it all because of the way we do it. Uh, except if I don't do a 1031, then I have to recapture those taxes. But in general, 
you know, the concept was my paycheck amount, net amount went up drastically. I mean, radically because of the, the tax cuts, the Trump tax cuts. And I was I was surprised. I mean, I really, truly was surprised to see that my net take home pay was that much different. Wow. You say you just can't believe it made that much of a difference in the bottom line of my paycheck, but it did, right? So you've got that. Then all of my accounts where my money sits while I'm waiting to do my next real estate deal, that idle money has gone from earning like 0.003% to 1.75% uh, on average. So that's, you know, that's 3 into 17 would be... Um, Three, six, nine, twelve. That's five times more. That's five times as much more interest on the money sitting around doing nothing. I perceive that those interest rates on savings accounts are going to go from 1.75 up to probably 2.5% over the next two years. Now, that's not a lot of money, and that's taxable, so it's not where you want your money. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm pointing out is, is that interest rates are moving, and you're going to have to have income right, that keeps up with inflation. Real estate income is inflation adjusted. Our rents go up with inflation. Our expenses go up with inflation. Our values go up with inflation. It's inflation adjusted. So we stay in the game. We don't lose ground. Certain other investments lose ground. Bonds lose ground. As interest rates go up, the value of that bond goes down. That's right. If you want to sell your bond, interest rates gone up, your bond's worth less. So you have to start looking at interest rate adjusted investments and real estate is interest or is inflation adjusted income, right? And the interest rates are what we call momentarily fixed in time. What do I mean by that? You buy an apartment complex, you put a 10 year loan on it. You've got 10 years, right, of making income without worrying about interest rates changing on you. So the stuff that I bought a few years ago, we locked in at 3.85% interest rate. I had all the stuff that I had originally at 9%. I brought it down to 6 Then I, when I could, I brought it down from 6 to 4 When I brought it down from 4 down to 3.85, 3.75, those kinds of rates. Those numbers got locked in. So that's a 10-year float. No big deal on those interest rates, right? Or if you're buying in right now, though, the underwriting of the apartment deal or the house that you're buying, the underwriting of value, is adjusted to the interest rates. So if interest rates are higher, then you're going to have to have a better sales price to be able to make those interest rates work. But you're going to be in at a rate that works with the income, the price and the interest rate adjustment to that price Oh, I'm sorry, the interest rate and the price adjustment to that interest rate have to work or the banks aren't going to lend you the money. The banks are putting up 80% of the risk. They're not going to do that if the deal's not going to make sense. We'll be right back with the Dell Wamsu Radio Show. To the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will be right back with more life changing principles in just a few minutes. 
What would happen if you didn't show up for work tomorrow? For the next couple of days? For a week? A couple of months? A year? How long until you lose everything you've worked for in a fraction of the time it took to earn it? If this fear keeps you up at night, it's time to learn the strategies we teach at Lifestyles Unlimited. Start with the free workshop. Go to lifestylesunlimitedpodcast.com and find your true financial peace, like so many of our members already have. That's lifestylesunlimitedpodcast.com. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Um, today, we've been talking about um, the market conditions, but now we're going to go to the mailbag and uh, pick up some emails we have here. The first one says, I'm a preferred member and I have a very longtime listener of the Lifestyles Radio Show. I inherited a home. I grew up in after my parents passed away and it has paid off and worth around $650,000. Just as a side note, they bought it when I was a kid 30 years ago and they paid about $80,000. Okay? That right there's an example. Real estate. They bought it for 80, now it's worth 650,000 bucks. Identically, I know I should sell intellectually I know I should sell the property and invest in apartments. My emotions are my issue. I have a good job and have three kids, two under, so we, three kids under two, so we have to scrimp a lot and save any money. Because of this, I know it would take an extremely long time to ever save up enough money to retire. This home has a lot of memories, and I have a great deal of emotional connection to it. I keep telling myself that this is the best thing for my kids, but it's still kind of tough. Dell, if you were in my shoes, what would I do? Guys, this is very common. I've run, in 27 years of consulting people, I run this all the time. People are emotionally connected to real estate. Friends, real estate is sheetrock, carpet, and paint. That's all it is. I've lived in many, many houses in my life. I don't care. I loved each one of them when I lived there. And as soon as I moved out, I never cared another thing about it. Never wanted to go back and see them. Never wanted to visit them. Didn't care who I knew there, who I lived with there. It just doesn't mean anything. The, the real estate that my parents and my grandparents lived in, I've never seen. I've never gone back to see it. It doesn't mean anything to me because the real estate is just sheet rock, carpet, and paint. Here's a situation. A guy can't save money to retire. He's got a tight budget, yet he's got $650,000 with assets sitting there doing nothing. Now, to say the least, this is an emotional mistake. To say the worst, this is an intellectual crisis. This is dumb as a rock. He knows it. That's why he's emailing me. He just wants to confirm. You know, he wants me to say, go ahead and do it so he can blame somebody else for selling his family's house. Go ahead. Use me. Tell everybody it was my fault because, my God, I would love to see you save yourself. $650,000 could retire you in most cases, depending on how much income you earn, especially if you say it's tight right now. If nothing else, it could double your income. It could make it where your family could live comfortably as you raise those two kids and provide for them long-term security. No, my friend, this is a typical mistake. Let's get out of it as quickly as possible. 877-711-5411. I'm sorry, 5211. 877-711-5211 if you want to get in this last segment. The next email says, hello, Dell, I have a question. I was recently approved for a business loan of $250,000 with the monthly interest rate of 4% due to no collateral being used. Before I even decide on entering this business loan, 
uh, in your experience, would a multifamily property be able to keep up with interest rate of 4%? Here's the deal, guys. In most cases, it could. And I have a story that goes way back. When I first got into real estate, I bought a 80, no, 68-unit apartment complex for a million fifty. I put 200 or no, $312,000 on my credit cards and assumed the loan. Now, a couple of caveats to that. I had enough equity in other houses that if I had to, I could have refied houses, pulled out the money, paid off the equity of the credit card. Um, secondly, I knew the property's worth a lot more than what I had on it. I knew that I could increase its value rapidly and be able to get money to pay off the loan if I had to. Uh, thirdly, I was doing it just as a trick, uh, as a demonstration to a banker that told me it couldn't be done. Now, having said all of that, and I came out okay in the deal, came out really well in the deal, it would be fabulous if you could pull that 250 out and use it as a down payment on property. The problem is, if you don't have at least $250,000 you could pay that loan off with, if you didn't have that kind of liquidity, if that loan never became a problem, it could take you down completely. I don't believe, number one, that a beginner should have that much leverage. A guy like me could afford 100% leverage because I could afford to pay off any loan I borrow. I could pay it off with the cash I have sitting in my, my savings accounts. But you, if you don't, then that, that's double leverage, and that's very dangerous. Uh, to take a double leverage position where you have a loan on the property and then another loan for the equity in the property. And I would be remiss as a consultant to let a beginner take that type of risk. Um, as a pro, lots of money, multimillionaire, billionaire, hey, we do deals like that all the time. But beginners who see rich people do strong, strong leverage deals like that are not in the position to do the same thing. So I would recommend against it. See what else we got here. Um, I can never find enough words to truly express the gratitude to you. Thank you for helping us out. Let's skip all that. Let's get down to here's how it started. First time I listened to you in Broadway. Okay, I'm going to paraphrase this guy's deal because this is a long email. The guy's windy. But what it basically says, he joined Lifestyles and then he didn't take action. The reason was he had enough money to do single family housing. He came in to learn how to do single family housing. When he got in there, he got enthusiastic about multifamily housing. He didn't feel like he had enough money to get started in multifamily housing, so he fiddle farted around for about a year or two and then finally went back, took the seminar again, and realized he needed to start with single family. Now he's rocking on single family. And the bottom line is he wished, hey, two years ago, I should have started on single family and done it right, got it over with, and made the money that I'm making now. Very good point. He's absolutely right. If you don't have enough money to start with multifamily, then you start with single family. But you need your money doing something now. Remember, my friends, as we do this, it's not for the money. It's for a lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. I'll see you tomorrow.
Thank you for listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation. Information and opinions you hear on the Dell Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Dell Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Dell Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Dell Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.